Well, I just want to tell you, man, I'm just excited to be here. Man, we sing songs about how good God is, about how great God is. It always gets me jacked up because I think a lot of times, I know some of you are thinking you're always jacked up, but I think a lot of times we go through life and just it becomes routine. It becomes just something that we do instead of realizing that there is a God of the universe that created you, that created you for a purpose, and you're here for a reason. That's to glorify him. And we don't realize that. We don't realize how good he is. We don't sing, great are you, Lord. We don't, we're not really excited about singing and praising his name. And my God is worthy, amen? amen. And we got, to, we got to give him that praise. We got to give him that honor that, that is due to him. I think about how uh, God could have put me anywhere else, but he chose to put me in Millen. And sometimes I think, why'd you do that? But then when I watch the news, I'm like, thank you, Lord, for putting me in small town Georgia. We need to thank God for our blessings. Not always complain because he's so great and he's worthy. Amen. So we're going to first go to the Lord in prayer and we'll get started. Father, I just come to you humbly today and God, we, uh, God, we love you. God, we thank you for loving us. We thank you, God, for just being so awesome. Lord, words cannot describe how great you are. And God, at those words we sing, that you give us breath in our lungs. Lord, every breath we take is a gift from you, Lord. And God, I pray that every gift that you give us, Lord, we would be thankful for that. And we would live it out for your glory, for your honor, for your praise. God, I pray today you would consume us. And God, you would move in the service. You would touch all of our hearts. God, that you would change. God, change me in this. God, change all of us so that we leave here different than where we came. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way. Yes, I'm wearing a jacket. So y'all just get over it and let's move on. I want to keep y'all guessing. You know, I still got my boots on. You know, you can dress up the redneck, but you can't never take the redneck out of the boy. You know what I'm saying? So I got my boots on. So I'm still the same old Jeremy. But the thing is, appearance never matters, does it? Does, does appearance matter? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If I wasn't born again, if I wasn't changed, if I wasn't following Jesus, I was just a dressed up liar more, more than anything, saying that I'm a child of God and I'm not. Coming to church today didn't prove that you are a child of the king. The way you live your life shows proof that you're a child of the king. You know, as we celebrate today, is Palm Sunday. And this is, we celebrate this, this is a remembrance of when Jesus was coming into Jerusalem. And when he was coming into Jerusalem, they were sitting there praising him. They were excited he was coming into town. They were taking palm leaves and laying them at the ground. And they were saying, here's the Messiah, here's the Messiah. They were just so thankful, but they didn't realize. They thought he was coming to establish an earthly kingdom. But he was coming to establish a heavenly kingdom. See, if Jesus would have just came and established an earthly kingdom, we would have never got blessed by that. We would have never been able to, to encounter the blessings of Jesus Christ. We would have never been able to encounter the blessings of God if it would have just been about them at that time. It's, been about, it's, about, it's about you. It's about all of us. When Jesus was coming into that town, they were laying palm leaves. He knew they didn't mean it. A lot of them didn't mean it. But he was looking from that moment on he was looking to the cross because he knew by the end of that week he would be hanging from it for our sins so that we could be made right with God. Does that get you excited this morning? 
I mean, that, that, that Jesus, knowing that he was going to have to go to the cross, knowing that all that stuff was going to have to happen to him, knowing that he was going to get beaten, he was going to get bruised, he was going to get abused, he went, and did, he went and did that anyway so that we could have fellowship with God. Every, every, every step that, that, that mule was taking, that donkey was taking, that he was going into town, he was saying, they're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. That's what he was thinking about each and every one of us, thinking they're worth it. Knowing that the dreadful thing he was going to have to encounter, but he was thinking they're worth it. They're worth it. Why? Because he was all about the kingdom of God. It wasn't about Jesus. It was about the kingdom. And that's why we got this series called The Kingdom, because our life should be about the kingdom of God and giving God praise and glory. Amen? Everything we do should be pointing people to Christ. Amen? We need to be pointing people. Everything we do. They should know that we are a child of the king by the way we live and the way we act. And until we become kingdom-minded, people will never see a difference in our life. See, that's what matters, is that we are children of the king, and we're following the kingdom. And we've got to make sure that we're doing those things. So as you will, turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. That's where we're going to be. Uh, we've, we've kind of been where we've been the last couple of uh, Weeks. If you don't have a Bible, I hope you do turn in it. If you don't have one, it'll be on the screen. If you don't have a Bible, please pick up one at the back before you leave. We want everybody to have a copy of God's Word. There's a reason I don't wear these jackets, because I get hot. That feels better. See, the reason they do these parables, the reason Jesus spoke in parables, because Jesus is all about trying to break it down so people can understand it. We want people to understand why he was saying the things he was saying. A lot of times parables confuse people because we want to read too much into things. But Jesus tells this parable in Matthew chapter 13, verse 31. He says this. He says, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it may be the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows it is the largest of the garden plants. And becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked throughout the whole day. See, Jesus was trying to tell people through all these parables what the kingdom of heaven was like. He's trying to get you to understand what the kingdom of heaven is, going, is like. What, what is it like? Well, if I'm going to follow Jesus, then what's it going to be like? What, what's it, what's it, what am I supposed to do? What, what's, my, what's my next step? See, when you first started following Jesus, when you raise your hand and say, I have decided to follow Jesus and you get baptized, that's just the beginning. Hello, y'all with me? That's just the beginning. You have to walk in obedience. You have to, it's a heart transformation. And when your heart changes, it shows that you take Jesus serious and your life changes. You start following him. You start taking steps of obedience, walking away from things that don't please him. Being kingdom-minded, your life is no longer about you. It's all about Jesus and what he wants you to do and what he wants you to be. Amen? See, one of the things I didn't realize is when I started following Jesus, it was subtle. I was starting changing this, that, and other. I'm a slow learner. You know, anybody, anybody can, can I get a witness? Anybody else in here slow learners? Somebody ain't doing this. Uh, and, you know, it took me a little longer to understand. 
But after a while, a couple years, I finally realized that really, truly being a Christian, what about just modifying my behavior, trying to be a good person? It was about me radically turning away from everything that doesn't please God, transforming my life and just everything. If God says don't do it, then I don't need to do it. If God says do it, I need to do it no matter if I want to or not because my life is not about me and my comfort. It's about Jesus. Why? Because he paid the price so that I can make it to heaven. And if I'm going to walk in that, if I'm going to go to heaven, I've got to follow the one that I claim to serve. Amen? See, what we don't understand in America is that servanthood, the servants act like the ones they serve. So in those days, and when it was a king, if the king was a gracious king, most of the time the servants would be gracious because they would see that modeled for them. And if we're not being transformed in the likeness of Jesus Christ, then he's not our king. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down? Come on, we happy at Connection. Y'all smile for me. Come on. And so, so if, if we're not following Jesus, then the kingdom's not on our mind. He says, either, either you're for me or against me. There's no middle ground. We can't live wrong and die right, can we? We have to be pursuing God. And so if we're pursuing the kingdom and praising God and pleasing God, then our attitudes, our motives, everything will change. Jesus is saying in this parable, this first part here, he's saying, look, it's going to start out small, but then it's going to grow into something huge. And you look back in the Bible, what, what, how, did, how did it start out on earth? What did, Jesus came as a baby. Born in a manger by two poor people. They didn't have any kind of statute, any kind of status. They have anything at all. It started out extremely small. It looked minute. But then as it grew, as Jesus began to develop the disciples, he, he, he poured in to 12 men. And as he poured in those 12 men, the Holy Spirit got a hold of them, and they changed the world. And I, I, would, I, would, I would be misquoting if I knew how many Christians that are truly following Jesus right now because of Jesus being obedient to God coming and saying, be obedient, take those steps. It's going to start out small, but it's going to grow. See, we can be a part of that kingdom. You can be a part of that kingdom just by walking in it, just by saying, you know what, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, and I'm going to obey you. I'm going to, I'm going to do what you say do. And be a part of the kingdom. That's what he wants us to be. But it's going to start out small, what he's, what he's trying to say. See, a lot of times we're looking for the big thing, right? We're looking for the big thing. We're going to go to the big thing. We don't, we don't, we don't want to. I can't never, never forget when I was uh, right, after, right out of high school, um, I had great plans for my life. Went to my first job interview. I'm thinking, all right, I'm finna make some money. $50,000 what I'm fitting to make a year. I'm fitting to, I'm fitting to chunk it down. And they told me how much I was going to make. And I was like, man, I can make that at McDonald's. He's like, well, go to McDonald's. I was like, well, I, 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 they told me if I went to school, that would make all this money. He was like, yeah, yeah, but you got to do your time. And I was like, oh, okay. And that discouraged me. I was like, I need to go change my major. I got to go to be a doctor. I got to do something different. We're always looking for something great instead of looking for something insignificant sometimes. And in the moment, the kingdom was insignificant, but through the power of Jesus and the resurrecting power of his blood on the cross, now it's something powerful because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Amen? See, what he did, he's talking about how the kingdom, it was going to come and and be, it was going to be small, but then eventually it was going to grow and it was going to grow into into something that was, they talked about a mustard seed growing and being something like a tree. 
And when we read that, it's like, man, that thing growed a long time. Their mustard, uh, it was not our kind of mustards. Those mustards that were planted in, in, in Palestine at those days, they would grow 12 foot tall. And the leaves would get so strong that birds could, could actually nest in them and rest in them. That's how big they grew. And when I read that, it made me realize that when you're truly following Jesus, when your hope is in the kingdom of God, you can put your hope in that thing. You can put your, he's going to support you. He's going to have you, you'll be secure. You can have hope in Jesus. See, a lot of times we're going through life hopeless. We got situations we face and what we're doing is we're looking at it as this is my kingdom instead of his kingdom. And if he placed you here for a reason and for a purpose, you've got to walk in that purpose and say, you know what, God, you've called me to do this work and it might be hard, but I'm putting my hope, I'm putting my rest, I'm putting my security in you and I'm going to follow you through this. Amen? That's what we've got to do. But we've got to be kingdom-minded. See, when we're kingdom-minded, everything changes. Because when you're kingdom-minded, your, your pursuit is about the kingdom. You're pursuing Jesus, not you. So when I'm kingdom-minded, it changed me. It changed me as a man. I became a kingdom man. I started following Jesus. Everything, I'm, the way I started treating my wife was different. The way I loved my wife was different because I was going around to love her like Christ loves the church. Amen? I'm, trying to, I'm showing her unconditional love. When she didn't deserve forgiveness, I had to give her forgiveness. Huh? When she didn't, when she was, and my wife is as sweet as she can be, so she don't need forgiveness much. Had to get that brownie point down. <laughs> but uh, she's in here today. But anyway, uh, you know, when she didn't need it, I, I gave it. When, 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 stuff, when stuff got hard, I kept on going because I was pursuing God. I'm not doing this to please you. I'm doing this to please Jesus. See, see when, when we're, when we're kingdom-minded, it changes the whole way we Serve our kids. See, now Paisons, he's six, he's six years old. Lord, he's not six years old. He's nine months old. And, and, and when Payson was born, my whole mindset changed. It's like, Jeremy, now you've got to invest in him. He's got to see it true in you. If you're not living it out, he's going to know you're a fake if you're not living it out. If you're not doing it, he's going to see that. And it put pressure on me to say, you know what, Jeremy? Every morning you've got to wake up intentionally seeking after Jesus so that he can see it real in your life. See, and if we're not real, if we're not truly kingdom-minded, then it's going to show up in our kids. And that's a scary reality, but it does. I already see my flaws in him already. Homeboy's got a little temper on him. Sabrina's like, mm, he got that from you. And I'm like, no, he didn't. That's you. That's behind closed doors. Nobody knows that's you, but that's you. But if we don't correct that, if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to change us, if it's all about us and our comfort and us being right and our rights, then you know what? We won't allow Jesus to change us, really. We won't allow anything different in our life. We want to remain the same because that's what makes us comfortable. See, when you're a kingdom woman, you're going to do things differently. Life isn't going to be about you. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to partake in the gossip that goes on. And men, you're not going to partake in the gossip either. Let me, let me not leave you out. Men gossip worse than women sometimes. See, y'all should have given me an amen on that. Some of y'all wanted to, but your lips just wouldn't do it. See, and the thing is, when you're a kingdom woman, you're worried more about what Jesus thinks about you than what other women think about you. You, you worry more about how, how God is going to accept you and what, what you can do to please him more than anything else. See, so many times we're looking for other people's approval. And in reality, they don't care. We're just, it's something we've already made up in our mind. And if we put in our minds that we just want to be approved in the eyes of God, that'll change the way you treat everybody. That'll change the way people treat you. 
We are so anxious because we want things to be perfect and fit in this little box. And instead, God's saying, it's not about your box, it's about me. Amen? When we're kingdom-minded. See, he's called us to be people of the kingdom, not people of this world. And he says, when we're kingdom-minded, things change. We can rest our securities in him. And when he, kept, he keeps on going, when he talks about the, the, the leaven, the, the bread, he says he told him another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into 60 pounds of flour until it all worked through the dough. So, so it's, like, it's like a little small deposit that gets put in there. 60 pounds is a lot of flour. I can bake a lot of bread. What they used to do in those days, the Jewish custom, they would take a little bit, little bit of yeast and it would be a little small amount, and it would just permeate through the whole loaf. It would rise up. It would make it rise. I don't know anything about cooking all that much, but I do know that if you want to have good biscuits, you've got to put some yeast in it. You've got to do something to make that thing rise. Y'all looking at me like I didn't know what I'm talking about. I'm surprised some of you. But see, that's the thing. We won't never grow unless we take God serious and we're invested in the kingdom. See, God didn't call, he said the kingdom is like, he didn't say the kingdom is like unleavened bread that's flat and doesn't grow. He said the kingdom of God is like a loaf of bread that has yeast in it. You're going to grow if you're a child of the king. You're going to grow if you're following Jesus. You're, never, you're not going to stay the same. You can't keep going through the motions. Just coming to church ain't good enough. It's growing closer to Jesus. We were called to be servants of God. When we call ourselves Christians, that means we're Christ-like. We're growing more and more to the image of Jesus Christ. My character should change. My desire should change. I should be growing. I should be closer to Jesus today than I was yesterday. Not the same. And many of us come to church week after week just going through the same old routine, and we're not growing. And what the Scripture's saying, if you're not growing, you don't know me. If you're not growing, you're not pursuing me. If you're not growing, you're not in the kingdom. Because when that deposit is put in you, when the seed is planted in your heart and you're truly accepting of the, of the Savior, you're truly following him, you will grow. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a testimony to that. Some of you are tired of hearing my testimony. You know what? You're going to keep hearing it because I can't get enough of what God's done in my life. But I grew up going to church, just going through the motions, not growing, stagnant, dead, just didn't care about it. I cared more about my weekends than I cared about anything else. And when God changed me and saved me, everything else changed. That wasn't important anymore. It was about serving God and pleasing Him. It was such a drastic difference. See, God called you into salvation. He wants all of us to be saved, but we have to walk in that. And, and the way we live our life, the thing when we pursue, the things we pursue shows what has our heart. And you can know things. You can know the Bible. I grew up in church. I knew the Bible. I used to quote every book of the Bible. I knew it. But there's a difference in knowing the truth and it being in your heart. Because if it ain't in your heart, you're not going to do it. You're not going to be motivated to do it. When I, was, when, when I was in high school, I knew Sabrina. I knew her. But I didn't love her. I didn't pursue her. I didn't, nothing changed me until I started pursuing her, until I started going after her. See, it's time for a lot of us to start going after God. Not just looking at him and saying, you know what, that's a good idea. I want to be, you know, I want people to think I'm godly. No, you need to pursue God. You need to pursue Jesus. That's the way things change. Two weeks ago, uh, I, was, I was preparing for a message and God gave me 
some illustrations, and, and if you listen to some different podcasts, you'll hear me use these, but I'm going to use them again because, man, God just keeps bringing my mind, and I'm going to be obedient. But one of the things I remember what God did is I met Sabrina when I was in high school, and it was, a, it was, a, it was funny how we met, but um, I was actually getting her phone number for a friend of mine, and it just worked out that I ended up with her. But anyway, um, and you know what? She, she's proof of seeing potential because let me tell you, I was in bad shape in high school. I'm still pretty bad shape now. But I look like, like an anorexic Ethiopian. Man, I was in bad shape. Both of my pockets would fold over. I mean, I'm telling you, I was skinny. It was bad. Her mama said, did they feed that youngin' at home? I was in bad shape. You see all my bone structure, all my, it was bad. But she seen the potential. She said, if I can just feed him, he'll look all right. <laughs> but you know, I, I started, I started, went out with her on the weekend, started dating her a little bit. We were going out and I liked her. But you know what? I only went and seen her on the weekends. And I, we did that for a little while. And, and, and then, then I began to realize, you know, there's something to this girl. You know, she's beautiful, but inside is just as beautiful as the outside. Let me, let me get to know her a little bit more. So I began to spend more time with her. Next thing you know, I used to be consumed with hunting and fishing, and instead I was at her house. My daddy thought something bad had done happened. He's like, what's wrong with you, boy? I don't know. I got to go to Sabrina's house. Her mom and daddy was like, get home, go home, get away from here. I just couldn't get enough. I had to go over there and see her every day. Why? Because I went from liking her to loving her. And there's a lot of you in this room, you've been liking God. You've been liking Jesus for so long. You've just been dating him on the weekends. All you've been doing is dating Jesus. You don't, you don't love him. You don't really care about him. You just like the idea of him. You just like being around him a little bit. But he hasn't changed your life. Your priorities haven't changed. Your desires haven't changed. Nothing changes. But when you fall in love with Jesus, when you realize what he's done for you, everything changes. It's not about you anymore. It's not about what you want to pursue anymore. It's, you know what, Jesus, if you want me to stop doing this, I'll stop doing this because it's what you want because I love you. One of the hardest lessons to learn when I got married is don't throw your clothes on the floor because it upsets Sabrina. You got to put them things in the laundry basket. She's like, come here, let me show you how to do this. I was like, all right, I know how to do this. She said, well, don't do it again. Yes, ma'am. And I still do it to this day. But anyway, the thing is, if you love him, you'll obey him. If you love God, you'll obey him. If your life is about the kingdom, you'll obey God. You'll pursue God. It's not about you anymore. And he said, what, it said, what the scripture is saying is that when you truly know Jesus Christ, it will be like that yeast and that bread. It will permeate. It will, go, it will, in, it will just infect your whole entire body. It don't happen all at once. It goes little, some, some people, it goes little at a time. Some, it grows faster than others, but it will eventually grow. And you can tell the difference between bread that has leaven and bread that does not. You can tell the difference between Christians that truly love Jesus and are following him than people that claim to know Jesus and don't. Because you're just like that bread. You're flat. You're dead. You're not growing. There's, there's nothing different about you than anything else. But when you look at a piece of bread that's being baked and it's got yeast in it, it is, oh man, a big old cat head biscuit is pretty, I want to tell you. And y'all looking at me. I'm in South Georgia. Come on, y'all know what a cat head biscuit is, right? All right. Y'all was, I, was, I would amen that. That was some good stuff. But anyhow, the thing is, you can tell the difference between those who have it and those who don't. You know if you have it or if you don't. You know if God's changed your life or if he hadn't. You know if you're just going through the motions 
or if you are truly following Jesus. Because if you're not walking away from sin, if you're not walking away from things that don't please God, then you might just like him and you don't love him. He says, if you love me, you will obey me. That's what he says. He wants his people to be kingdom-minded. And his people will be kingdom-minded. You'll be focused on pleasing him more than anything else. Let me tell you, when I started following Jesus, it began to change me. And I, and I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know how. It was, it was, it was gradual for a little bit. You know, when, you, know how it, you know how the kingdom grew in my life? You know how my, my relationship with Jesus grew the strongest? It's when I got put in the fire. So we don't want trial. We don't want nothing bad to happen in our life. We want it to be easy. See, there's a lie out there that when you start following Jesus, everything's going to be easy. It's going to be just, it's going to be like a roller, it's going to be just like, not like a roller coaster. It's going to be just downhill, easy as it can be, just no big deal. And I felt like I was walking up the hill both ways. Like, what is going on? But when times are difficult, when the heat is turned up, that's when the yeast has opportunity to permeate your whole entire system. That's when the gospel, you know how real it is. When you're going through fire, and, 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 and you know what? If you could give up, you could quit, but you know that the only way you're going to make it through this is Jesus. The only way it's going to change this situation is God. You keep pressing in. You keep going. And when you get to the other side of it, you see how much he's grew you through it. You don't learn how to trust God until you trust him. But you got to step in that and trust him. It's just like walking. My little boy's walking, he's holding one of my hands, he's holding my hands, and he's walking, and I'm like, all right. And I go to let go of his hands, and he falls down, he looks at me like, why'd you let me go? God wants to hold your hand, but there's a time where you've got to trust God and let go and just do it on your own. Say, Lord, I trust you, you're calling me to do this, I'm going to step out. See, some of you have just been coming to church for I don't know how long, and you've just been going through the motions, and it's time for you to say, you know what? I'm going to step out, God. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to walk away from the things that don't please you. I'm really going to do what I say I was going to do. Because when you say that you're going to follow Jesus, when you raise your hand and say, I have decided to follow Jesus, when you say, God, save me my sins, when you pray that and you really want that, let me tell you what happens. That's a commitment that you've just made with the holy God. You're saying, I will, I will, I will walk in that. I made a commitment 13 years ago, be 14 years this week. Not this week, this year. I'm finna mess up bad. You don't never forget your anniversary date. Whew. Anyway, I stood before God, my family, and my wife and made a commitment to love, to honor, to cherish, to respect her till death do us apart. And I took that serious. When I walked away from that church that day, I had a certificate in my hand that proved that I was married. But you know what? I had to walk in that marriage. I had to be intentional in that marriage. I had to walk. I had to quit texting other women. I had to quit pursuing other things. Hunting couldn't be the god of my life or the mistress of my life anymore. I had a wife now. And you know what? It proved to my wife that I was serious about the commitment that I made to her to love, honor, and cherish her by the way I acted and the way I lived and the things I pursued. If I told her that I loved her, but I kept on seeing other women, she would have said, you know what? You didn't take that commitment serious. You don't love me. You love yourself more than me. We're telling God the same thing when we're not walking away from things that don't please him. If we made a commitment to follow Jesus and we're saying, you know what? I want you, but a little bit of the world is saying, I don't really love you like I say I do. Your kingdom is not as important to me as 
I say it is. See, some of us today, we got to, walk, we got, we got to apologize to God. Be like, you know what? I need to start walking in that commitment I made to you, Lord. I vowed that I would give my life to you, that I would surrender my life to you, that I would dedicate my life to you, that my life will be consumed by you, not by what I want. I'm going to live my life for you, and I've been living my life for me ever since I said that. He knows the fakeness in your heart. He knows that you're, not, that, you're not, that you're just playing these games. And God's saying, if you take that, that commitment serious, if you take me serious, if you love me like you say you do, then you will obey me. There will be fruit in your life showing there's a change and showing that there is true commitment. Amen? See, it's one thing that I realized. We started going through a really tough patch. And it really showed how much I really loved my wife. Because there was a time that I could have I pulled an ejection seat and I could have got out of there. Found me somebody else that's going to make me happy. Do all these things. But you know what? I made that commitment to her and to God. And death threw us part. And she hadn't killed me yet. And I'm still here. So I'm going to stay in this thing. See, sometimes it's tough. We go through tough spots, tough spots in life. Bad things happen. But just because bad things happen don't mean you abandon God and you walk away from him. That's when you got to pour into him, amen? Because if your life is truly about the kingdom and the deposit that he's made into your life, life will be about pursuing him. It's easy to quit. It's easy to back up. It's easy to do the things you want to do. It's hard when you're like, you know what? If everybody in my life walks away from me, you're worth it, Jesus. If everybody in my life abandons me. You're worth it, Jesus, because it's about you and your kingdom. That's the commitment he's looking for, amen? That's the desire that he's looking for. That's what he wants from his people, to be truly committed to him. And when we're not truly committed to him, nothing will change. Nothing will be different. You know, one of the things that, that when I was reading, reading the story about the 11 is that in Jewish culture, before the bride would get married, the last meal that they ate at home, the last meal she would eat at home as a single woman before she got married, that last meal, her mother would make the bread and that she would save back a little bit of the yeast and she would give it to her daughter as a gift for her to take home with her to be a blessing to her family. She would save back some of that. And that bride, they cherished it because when she went into that marriage, she already had something that her mother had given her, had deposited into her and said, you know what? I want you to use this. I want you to use this and bless your family to provide for your family. And if we're not taking the kingdom serious, we won't be depositing anything into our children's lives. We won't be depositing anything in their lives of value that will help them, that will help them be successful, that will help them follow Christ. I want to tell you, you can teach your youngins how to make pile of money, but they're always going to end up empty and looking for something different. You can teach your youngins all these different things to pursue, but if you don't teach them about what it truly means to follow Jesus by the way you live your life, they will be bankrupt and empty their entire life. But we won't do that unless we're kingdom-minded. He's given us a precious gift, church. He's given all of us a precious gift. And if it's truly been deposited into your soul and is growing in your heart, you will grow and your children, you will pour that into your children. You will leave that legacy behind. But if we're not kingdom-minded, we won't leave anything behind but a bunch of bills 
and heartache. God's called us to be kingdom-minded. It's not about my kingdom come, but it's your kingdom, Lord. How many of us walk through life? How many of you walk through this week not thinking about Jesus one time? Lord, let me get to Friday. God wants to use you as a vessel to change the world around you, but you have to be kingdom-minded. Every, every morning, getting up, thinking, Lord, what you want me to do today? God, what, who you, who, what, what can I do to honor you today? We're not waking up kingdom-minded. We're not walking with the kingdom in mind. We're walking with our own objectives in mind. And you know what? If he fits in my schedule, then okay, God, I'll do that. But our schedule is about us and not about him. See, the gospel demands us to center our life on Jesus because he centered his life on giving us eternal life. Amen? He came, bled, and died so that we could have eternal life if we choose to believe, follow, and trust him. Not if we just raise our hand and say, you know what? I, want, I, want, I don't want to go to hell. And that's all we do. We've got to follow Jesus. We've got to walk in it. We've got to say, you know what, God? You saved me, and out of the gratitude of my heart, help change me. Lord, move me. God, make me the man you want me to be. See, religion is dead. Amen? Religion is dead. It, you can keep going to church, and it's not going to do nothing but make you feel better about yourself on Sunday, but you're going to be bankrupt on Monday. You're going to be terrified on Tuesday. You're going to be whining on Wednesday. You're going to be thirsty on Thursday. I don't know what's on Friday, but you know what I'm saying. There's no happiness at all in just going to church. But there's freedom in the blood of Jesus Christ. When you truly are following Jesus, there's a purpose there. There's a, that drives me to do things that God wouldn't do any other way. Jesus died so you would have life and have it more abundantly. Amen, church? So that if we pursued him with our whole heart, people around us would see the difference. See, nobody got saved at work. Nobody got saved at work when I was playing games at church. Nobody. But the moment God saved me, I began to realize that work was my mission field right then. I started going to work with a purpose. I started going to work pouring into the men around me. And you know what? It took a little while because they were still hanging on to the old Jeremy. See, there's people who are going to still look at your past and try to define you by it. But thank God Jesus don't. Amen? And what he did is I began to pursue those relationships. And praise God, it took a while. But, man, I've seen many of my coworkers come to know Jesus Christ. But that would have never happened if I went to work with me on the forefront. Thinking about me, thinking about what I had to get done. No, I went to work thinking, all right, Jesus, what can I do for you today? See, when we're kingdom-minded, everything we do is revolved around making Jesus great. Everything we do is revolved around pleasing and praising God. And until we get a hold of that, we're just going to be dry, going through the motions, and nothing will ever change in our life. I've never been more happier in my life when I started following Jesus. Because when you start looking at Jesus and you know what, I don't have to please anybody but God. Whew, that's a lot of pressure taking off of you. 
when you go to work thinking you got to please this one, you got to, you got to please that one. You, let me tell you, if I just live my life to please Jesus, my boss is going to be happy with me. When I live my life just to please Jesus, my wife is going to be like, I married the best man in the world. When I live my life to, to, to pursue Jesus, the bill collector is going to be like, man, you know what? Something's good with them. They be paying their bills on time. They even pay in advance. I wasn't trying to be convicted on nobody, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, we see things differently. We want to do everything excellent because we are following Jesus Christ. Everything we do reflects him. One thing my granddaddy told me is, son, never forget where you came from. See, when we forget what God delivered us from, we don't live with a purpose. See, when you're truly saved, you remember where you once were. But if you can't remember where you once were, guess what? You still where you at. That's some backwood Jenkins County country there. I hope that got hope that sunk into you. But what I'm, you know, if, if you're not changing, you don't know that you changed. See, I just went through the motions. God was murdering my heart for about a year, and I was so stubborn and hard-hearted. I prayed the sinner's prayer, I bet, every Sunday. I'd go to the altar, and I'd pray, and I'd say, oh, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Amen. I'd leave. You know what? That didn't do nothing but appease my conscience because it never got to my heart. I was going through the religious motions. But until it truly gets into your heart, nothing will change. And when it gets into your heart, that's when your life would live. You will be living for the kingdom. And that's what God's called all of you in this room to be. Kingdom-minded people, they're living for the gospel. Not living for you. Not living for them, not going to work thinking, all right, I got to make this paycheck. No, God planted you where you are for a reason, for you to be a vessel of change for your coworkers. How are they going to know Jesus without you being there? Come on. And you know what? If some of your coworkers would have took it serious, you would have got saved a long time ago. See, that's the thing. God's planted all of us. You know, God's called all of us to be missionaries where we work, where we live, and our family, but they've got to see it real in us. If we're not being kingdom-minded, if our whole center of our life is not about the kingdom, if the yeast that was planted in that bread did not grow, you wouldn't see the yeast in it. See, people don't know that you're a follower of Jesus because you're not growing. And if you're not growing, you don't know Jesus. And I know this might be a little tough, and some of you are like, man, what do you, you just keep hopping on the same thing. Because the reality of this is, every, Jesus says in the last days, everybody that calls on me, Lord, Lord. He says, if you, people will cry out to me, Lord, Lord, I'll say, he didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I do all these things in your name? He's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Because they were just going through the motions of things. They had the knowledge, but it wasn't in their heart. And when it's truly in your heart, your life is about pleasing Jesus. When God calls sin in your life and he lays his hand on your heart and he says, you know what, you're wrong right here. You have a choice. Is your, is, is your kingdom greater than his? Is my pride greater than his? I'm going to admit that I'm wrong. I'm going to say, God, forgive me of that. And I'm going to walk away from it. And if I can't walk away from it on my own, I'm going to ask a brother and sister to come pray with me, to come walk with me because the kingdom is greater than my pride. Amen? If he is greater, we sung that song, you are greater, Jesus is greater. If he's greater, then our lives would see that. Our lives would be changed. Our families would see the difference. But if our families can't see it and our coworkers can't see it, 
then for sure God can't see it. Because God can see the change in your heart when nobody else can. And the fruit of our life is proof of the salvation in our heart. The the fruit in our life is proof of the change in our heart. And my heart for all of you in this room is that your life paint a picture that I am following Jesus, not that I'm going to church, that there's a difference made, there's a change made, that my mind is focused on Jesus and the things of the kingdom, not of right here, right now. So maybe today is the first day you've been here. Palm Sunday, the day we celebrate Jesus coming in to Jerusalem. Friday, it's Good Friday when Jesus was crucified. And next Sunday's Easter when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. The moment that Jesus died, the veil was broken. The thing that separated us from having been able to talk to God. And because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have the opportunity to talk to God every day. But He's only going to answer, He's only going to listen if you know Him. There's a lot of people, I've seen things on Facebook, people saying, well, I'm going to pray for this and praying for that. Is he, I don't know, you may pray, but is He listening to you? Because if He don't know you, He can't hear you. Sin separates us from God, church. And until we are truly following Jesus and we submit our life to Him, we're covered by the blood of Jesus when we truly are followers of Him. He don't see our sin anymore. Like this is our sin. When we start following Jesus and we start following Christ, what happens is Jesus takes it and He covers our sin so God can't see it anymore. But you've got to follow Him. You've got to be covered by the blood of Jesus. You've got to submit to Him. You've got to walk in it. And the choice is totally up to you. He can make you do it, but that wouldn't show true love. And the question you've got to ask yourself this morning is, is, okay, I may have grew up in church, but did the commitment that I say I made, did I really mean it? Have I been walking in that commitment? Am I truly saved or am I just a religious person going through the motions? Because true salvation, there's growth, there's change, there's difference made. Do people around me know that I'm a follower of Christ? Do people around me know that I am a follower of Jesus? Do they know that? Is there proof in my life showing that I have been redeemed, that I have been covered by the blood of Jesus? Is there proof in my life showing that? Because it's so important to me that you know that. You are a child of God, or if you're not, because if you're not, I want to give you the opportunity right now to raise your hand and say, you know what, I want to follow Jesus. I want to give my life to Him today. I want to follow Him. I want you to raise your hand if you, if, if you, if you don't think that your commitment that you made when you were 15 years old meant anything, when you were 10 years old, when you were 20 years old, if you made, if you, if you made a commitment to follow Christ but you hadn't been walking in it, that was just idle words. 
And it truly, to truly make it real is you have to follow Him and obey Him and trust Him and walk in it. So if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you truly don't know Him, I want to challenge you. Just raise your hands. We just want to, we want to worship. We want to praise God for you. We want to celebrate with you today. Jesus says, once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled up to the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Kingdom heaven like a big net. You know why I holler sometimes? You know why I get excited sometimes? It's because I don't want any of y'all to be caught in the net and be thrown away. And I cry out every week to God sometimes. Say, Lord, let me see the heart of people. Because if I could knew that you weren't right with God, I'd come running to you and, and, and begging you. And I'd do anything I could do to get you into heaven. I understand what Paul meant when he said, I would give up my very salvation if one would go to heaven. He, he said he would forfeit his salvation so that someone else could go. I know what that feels like now. Because when you see people reject him and you know nobody's living it out every single day, if we were all kingdom-minded, this community would change. Your family would be transformed. We got to take this serious, church. So if you didn't raise your hand, if you didn't do it because you're worried about what people's going to think, I'm going to be standing over here. If you want me to pray with you, I'll pray with you. If you need salvation, let's pray and let's ask for God to change our lives. If there's sin in your life, let me tell you, my God is a chain breaker this morning. He's a chain breaker in the morning. He's a chain breaker every morning. He can break the chains that are holding you down. He can break the sin in your life. You just got to say, God, change me from this. Take this out of me. So what's holding you back from reaching your potential? What's holding you back from being all that God wants you to be? What's holding you back from being the witness at work? What's holding you back from being the disciple maker that God's called you to be? What's holding you back? from investing every ounce of your being into your kids so that they will know Jesus like you say you do. Because if we're kingdom-minded, like we say we are, then our life will be about the kingdom. But the fruit of our life shows the sincerity of our hearts. So as the, when I start praying, I encourage you guys to start moving the worship band as they come up. Don't wait for your neighbor to move. Don't wait for, for anybody else to move. If God's impressing in your heart to pray, to repent, to do anything, do business with God. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now. And Lord, I just pray, God, that, uh, that Lord, you would just, God, you would tug on our heartstrings, Lord. That God, you're so great. You're so worthy. So many times, God, we're just, worried about what people think instead of worrying about what you think. And God, I pray you would break those binds, those chains, those bounds today. Things that bind people, Lord, I pray you would break them so that we are truly a reflection of your kingdom on this earth. That we're not about what we want or how we believe, but we're about you and what you want us to do and how you want us to believe. God, we are centered our life on you. 
And God, I pray that if our lives are not centered on you, if, if God, if, if, if we look back and we realize that we've just been going through the motions, just going to church, that nothing's really changed, then God, I pray that you would burden our hearts so that we will repent and turn back to you and pursue you. God, right now, I know there's people in this room that God made a commitment when they were a child or made a commitment earlier in life, and they, it's null and void. They really didn't mean it. They, they, did, they, didn't, they just did it, and uh, they might have had the best intentions, but they didn't walk in it, Lord. They, they hadn't been trusting you. They hadn't been following you. They hadn't been pursuing you. I pray, God, you would burden their heart, God, and you would change them today. Father, I pray, Lord, for those in this room right now that are stagnant, there's no difference. There, there's been a deposit planted, but Lord, there's no growth going on. God, I pray that, that they, they know if they're growing. I pray that if they're not growing, Lord, then you would ignite them today. That God, you would burden their heart and God, you would show them the redemptive power of the blood of Jesus. God, I pray that you would allow us to experience your presence like we never had before, God, as you move in our hearts and change our lives. And God, we love you. In Jesus' name, we pray.